Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Your auto team is back. A group uh, sitting around the table here in the studio at the radio station. And we're here to uh, help you avoid being ripped off by your local car dealer. Whether you're buying a car or leasing one, more and more people are leasing these days, uh, and that's a whole new show there, leasing. And of course, maintaining and repairing your car has got to be a challenge. It's always a challenge, but how about a COVID pa- pandemic? And uh, unfortunately, it looks like things are coming in for the second wave. Uh, people are nervous about going into any sort of a retail establishment with a lot of other folks. Uh, and possibly uh, contracting COVID-19. What do you do when you have a problem with your car when your check engine light comes on? Uh, we have a whole lot of uh, expertise in this room. I haven't added it all up, but uh, I think uh, most everybody's been doing this at least uh, close to 20, 25 years. I've been at it for over 50 years. Uh, we got a lot of knowledge here, and uh, when all else fails, we have Colonel Google, and we uh, we're, you know, we're coming pretty close to 100% uh, answers. We never hit 100, but uh, we answer a high percentage of them. One thing that we can do in this uh, show is we are an active car dealership, and I give that information out uh, not infrequently because we want to be totally transparent. Uh, uh, the team here is part of a, a relatively large car dealership, uh, and we've been in business for a long time. And speaking for myself, uh, I, I started in the business and I did business just like everybody else does today. One of the interesting things about the retail car business is it's operating today pretty much like it did 50 years ago. Uh, there's not too many other retail businesses can make that statement. It's kind of a sad statement. Uh, and the reason being lack of regulation and uh, a lot of other special circumstances that make car dealerships unique in the way they operate. It's, uh, it's not a nice way. Most people don't like to buy a car. If you look at the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and profession, you know, I haven't mentioned that in a while. Uh, the Gallup annual poll, honesty and ethics and professions, you can Google it. And they give you a large survey that's been conducted every year since 1977 about which businesses do you consider the most honest. And uh, you rank it, uh, very honest or not so honest. And they've got 50 or 60 of these businesses that are most commonly utilized, retail and professions and otherwise, even politicians and lawyers. And I, I gave away my closing line here. At the bottom of the list, at the very bottom of the list, you have politicians, you have lobbyists, you have car dealers. Car dealers usually eke out the politicians and lobbyists as being the, the, the dead last. So people would rather have a engage in a business anywhere on any subject 
other than car dealer. And that's been going on, as I said, since 1977. That's the reason really why this show exists, because we're going to make it far less dangerous for you. And love to hear from you. It's uh, all about you. It's about your calls. 877-960-9960 is our call-in number. You might want to write that down, unless you're driving, of course. Uh, your regulars already have it memorized. But it's 877-960-9960. You can text us at 772, area code, 497-6530. Text us at 772-497-6530. And we even have a really cool anonymous feedback, we call it, where you can go on a link, a website, and that's youranonymousfeedback.com. And it is just what it says it is. It's anonymous. Uh, we don't know who you are, where you are. Uh, we don't know if you're serious or not. Uh, we don't know if you're the enemy. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know if you just don't like us. And uh, I'm going to shut up because we have a female caller holding. And that's the most important thing to this show, our callers. And we will drop what we're doing to go to our callers. Nancy, uh, introduce our caller. We're going to talk to Linda, and she's calling with an update from Georgia. Good oh. morning, Linda. Welcome back. Good morning. Good morning, Nancy. How are you, sweetie? Great. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I just want to let you know that the Highlander does no longer have a boo-boo. He's all fixed up. Awesome. Looking really pretty. So and I was very happy with what they did on it. That's good to hear. I just wanted to let you know. Oh, thanks, Linda. Sure. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Thanks You're for the welcome. update. You're welcome, and you all have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I was just giving out some of the avenues that you can reach us, and uh, we've expanded internationally largely because of the uh, cyberspace, the internet. We're on Facebook. It's uh, EarlOnCars.com forward or Facebook.com forward slash EarlOnCars. Facebook.com forward slash EarlOnCars. YouTube, YouTube.com uh, forward slash EarlOnCars. And uh, Twitter, uh, we are uh, available to you and live in color and uh, we'd love to have you tune in facebook is probably our our most popular and youtube is our second most popular uh, phone calls are as i say prioritized we've only got uh, i think uh, three or four five, maybe five lines coming into the radio station so if we get busy sometimes uh, you can't get through so we try to grab the phone calls first and the phone calls are more personal too so we love we love phone calls uh, before I um, introduce uh, everybody around the table here, let them uh, say what's on their mind, I want to mention something new and exciting that I just uh, put in my blog this week, and it has to do with a request for volunteers. Now that we're international, literally, uh, and we have, uh, we're reaching all 50 states and even beyond, uh, we're looking for some help out there. Uh, we get a lot of calls to the show, but we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are pretty educated consumers and they're concerned consumers that would like to help and so our, my blog this week is 
Erlon Cars volunteers assisting car buyers. So what we've decided to do is ask you, if you're one of the more knowledgeable listeners, and we have so many of them, uh, that would like to volunteer your time, and we would put your contact information on ErlonCars.com, the blog, and make you available to others in your vicinity. So if you happen to be in Texas, uh, you would be a volunteer, Earl on Cars volunteer. And of course, you can contest directly anytime. If it's a problem that stumps you, you can call Rick Kearney, you can call Stu, you can call Nancy or me. But we will assist you in assisting the person in your region. And we have callers from Canada, we have callers in California, we have callers all over Florida. So please consider volunteering, Earl on Cars uh, volunteer. You can text us at 772-497-6530 and say, I, I'd like to volunteer. We'll screen you. We'll, we may know you. We have a few out there that we would sign up right away because we know you're knowledgeable. If we don't know you, uh, we'll give you a little bit of a uh, test and see if you're qualified to be a volunteer to help people. And if you're not, we'll show you how you can become qualified. Basically, uh, Nancy, hold up the book. I know you've got the book over there. A good handbook to train yourself is uh, my handbook, is my, my book called Earl uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. And you can, uh, you can buy that book on Amazon. And all proceeds, by the way, go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Or you can go to the blog and read our blogs. We've got hundreds and hundreds of blogs that you can use to educate yourself and become a volunteer so that you can help the world uh, avoid being ripped off by car dealers. So uh, when you call the show, I might ask you, would you consider volunteering? I'm not going to put any pressure on you. It would be a responsibility. It would take some of your time, to be fair. I envision people maybe that are retired or semi-retired uh, that are uh, faithful listeners to the show that might want to volunteer some other time. And, Sounds uh, exciting. Yeah, it does. Forming a posse. So, we need all the help we can get. Well, Nancy, is, uh, you are our, uh, you're the first person I'll introduce. I've already introduced you in the introduction, of course. but. Uh, Let's talk about that special offer for first-time female callers and uh, why the ladies are so important to the show. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, and uh, to the ladies, uh, to the first two new ladies, uh, we offer you $50 uh, to give us a call, uh, share some of your stories with us, or just to say hello. Uh, how, how was uh, your, uh, what, did, what negotiating skill uh, did you use um, if you purchased, if you leased, if you had service, anything at all uh, to add to our list of uh, really important things that women need to do to take charge. And uh, you have until 9.15, 9.15, so give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, I want to thank Lorraine from last week who was a winner. And uh, she, she was just uh, in awe of the uh, out the door price that she took advantage of, that uh, she went to uh, Earl on Cars and downloaded. And uh, it was just amazing uh, the information that uh, she gathered from last year. She's been listening to us for quite some time, and so was her husband, who recently passed away. And uh, this really uh, bought her a lot of leverage. And no, I want to thank Lorraine for taking and downloading that affidavit and passing it on to her girlfriends. Just to clarify, uh, the show runs till 10 o'clock, 
and we say 9.15 for these calls because we have a mystery shopping report and we want to be sure to take other calls and also complete that, but anytime up 9.15 and uh, for, you know, for, for the ladies to call and, and uh, you could call pretty much any time. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, just to make sure that your call gets in yeah. and you win that $50. So uh, give us a call, ladies. First two new lady callers. You have got yourself $50. Uh, I'm going to interrupt the introductions and uh, go to Marty, who's been holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you. What can we do for you today? Uh, I've got a lease that has uh, another year to go. My question is, I have a residual in the contract. Uh, Southeast Toyota, one of their representatives told me, he'd probably get fired if, if they know he told me that, this, but they said that the residual that they show me is actually less for a dealer. If a dealer takes your car, they actually pay less than what the residual is is for a consumer so my question is when will you buy the car let's say kelly blue book let's say the residual seventeen thousand and let's say the kelly blue book uh, trade-in value is eighteen five of course that, that's probably not going to be the number but anyways would you give me the fifteen hundred dollar difference well uh, marty you were misinformed uh, by the dealer, uh, the residual is typically an estimate of what the leasing company thought your car would be worth in 36 months or whatever the length of your lease. Uh, sometimes it's affected by what the leasing company would like to do in terms of promote the lease. So actually, it will give a higher residual if they want to promote the car. Uh, but it's uh, typically a lease residual is what the part of the formula a leasing company goes through. They take the rate the term and they create a residual uh, from the uh, historical information of the value of the resale value of the car that you lease. Now sometimes the uh, residual, which is uh, your option to buy at the end of the lease, it, it can be uh, more than what the dealer would pay or it can be less than what the dealer would pay. Um, the, the used car market can vary considerably and in recent months uh, it's made some very sharp corrections that no one could have foreseen uh, three years ago. Uh, who foresaw the COVID virus? And that caused uh, real fluctuations in car values, and particularly used cars. So uh, the best thing for you to do is to, you're aware of your residual, that's, that's important, you know that. And when you get close to, to the end of the lease, you want to determine the actual cash value, the market wholesale value of the vehicle. You do that just like you would if you owned the car. Uh, if you're driving a Toyota, you take it to a Toyota dealer's used car manager. You don't have to tell him you're leasing the car. He doesn't know. He doesn't, well, I guess he does care, but he doesn't know. And you say, uh, I want you to tell me what you'd buy my car for today. And then you take it maybe to another Toyota dealer used car manager. I'm downsizing. I don't need three cars in the family. I'm going to sell this. What would you pay? And you say, I'll give my, uh, I'll sell the car to the highest bidder. That determines your real, actual wholesale value. And then you compare that to the residual. If, it's, if the value, your real wholesale value, is higher than the residual, you might want to exercise your option to buy and turn it around and sell it to the guy that said he'd pay you $1,000 more. So that's, that's a real story. I don't know why the salesman told you that, 
put Marty on missing. Marty, you were misinformed by the salesman. Okay, let me just ask you the question, Earl. Yeah. If if you sell it to the dealer, do you actually have to sell it yourself? I mean, do you have to go to the leasing company and say, I want to buy it? And then, or can the dealer buy it directly from Southeast Toyota? Well, it's a, it's a paper thing. Uh, you, you're, you're, the whole transaction would take place in about the same amount of time as if you did buy it and sold it to the dealer, but you do it at the dealership. Uh, you, you basically, on paper, would buy the car, and then you in turn, Stu, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the dealer can contact Southeast Toyota Finance directly and to buy the vehicle. Um, you have to go through a grounding process, and the, the difference between just turning it in yourself and buying it, um, technically you're still responsible for the disposition fee and all that. There's some you know, incidental costs. Um, if you turn it in, if there's any wear and tear, remaining payments, so there's, there could be a charge at the end of the lease. If the dealer buys it, um, he's just buying it directly from the, from the SET. So maybe that's what he was implying that it would be less because there wouldn't be any incidental charges. But um, um, you can just tell the dealer uh, that you want to try that. But in most cases, um, the actual value of the car, um, except for in rare cases, uh, the actual value is going to be less than what the residual is. Um, like Earl mentioned right. earlier, um, the original r residual that they established is kind of a prog prognostication of what the vehicle will be in three years. And they they try to get close, but like Earl said, they'll artificially raise the, the residual to um, get a really low payment to, you know, pr to put, promote it like an incentive. So. Um, I think the best way, just going on with, with what Earl told you, is just like explore the various options. Um, you don't know if it's worth more than the residual or close to the residual until you get it appraised. So uh, go through uh, those steps that he outlined earlier, and just talk to the to the the dealer and see if uh, you can get three scenarios. You know, turning it in, getting a new car, buying the car, and one of those will will work out best for you. Yeah, I was just wondering if, uh, like, when you say you have to, when you're buying it, obviously you pay sales tax. Yes. But if you're deal with, dealing with a dealer, what I'm saying is I don't want to pay the sales tax, buy the car, and then sell it because it's another seven yeah. yeah, percent added on to the deal. In any case, you'll have you'll, you'll have to pay sales tax if you buy it, even if you buy your own lease. Um, you will have to pay sales tax on the purchase, even if you bought it, even if the residual um, was, uh, or the, the uh, purchase price, the buyout, was in line with the current market value, um, you're still going to go through the whole thing. You have to still register it, because the registration on the lease right now is it's technically registered to Southeast Toyota Finance and you, um, and uh, if you bought it, it's going to be registered, so you're going to pay sales tax, the tag fee, and all that, just like you were buying a car from the used car department. Yeah, Marty, the important thing you want to watch out for also if you're going to buy it from a dealer, he's going to charge you his dealer fee. And uh, I don't think that's right. I don't think dealers uh, should charge you a dealer fee when you're buying your own lease. I mean, it's not a car that was on his lot. It's your car, and you exercise your purchase option. And if he won't, uh, if he won't agree to that, then I'd go to, I'd try to find another dealer, another Toyota dealer that would agree to handle the transaction for you without charging you his dealer fee. Yeah, well, like I'm saying, I personally don't want to say I don't want the car. Oh. So all I want to do is just get rid of it. But I don't want to pay sales tax to get rid of it just to a dealer. So what I'm saying is normally when you trade in a car like to you, if it's your car, they deduct the value of that car so you're only paying sales tax on the difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so like Earl, Earl said, if you treat it that way, um, 
let's use uh, just fake numbers here. Let's say the residual on your car is is, uh, is eighteen thousand um, dollars, right. and you want to go the route that you're describing here. The used car department uh, of the dealer that you're trading is going to appraise that car, and they might appraise it for fifteen thousand um, dollars. You could they, you can go through a purchase process, buy it, trade it in another car. And you're just you're gonna end up spending way too much money. You first of all you're buying. Yeah, no, car. I'm going yeah. the other way. Yeah, turn just Let's turn say, in the car and and here's the thing though if you're um if you don't want to go into another if you go into another lease or another um, finance purchase with um, Southeast Toyota Finance, then they'll waive um you know the disposition fee and they'll save you some money. Right. If you want to get out of the right. leasing cycle, um you're just gonna have to turn it in, um you know pay what you owe at the at the end of term and start all over. Yeah. Okay. So the odds are you're not gonna make any money. Yeah, there's uh, there's very few um, opportunities to come out ahead when it comes to these things. Unfortunately, they that's the reason the system is designed. It benefits the dealer. Um, it gets you coming back. I mean, here's what you're listen to what you're talking about. You know, a lot of people. If you got to go back to that dealer, basically, so um, you're kind of you're kind of caught in a in a cycle. Well, this car is from you. Okay. So, well, that's good because you know, like I say, I got another year to go on the lease. Yeah. I'll just tell you one other thing. My wife wanted to, we've had Camrys now, Avalons and Camrys for years. So now what uh, she wanted to look at was like a RAV4 type car. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how the screen is? They put the screen, it looks like an iPad sticking up. Yeah. She didn't like that. She didn't like that. So anyways, we looked at uh, a Honda CRV. Well, it just so happens the Honda CRVs, the screen is still in the dash, so it's not sticking up. That's probably one of the last cars you're going to see without that. That seems to be the trend now. Uh, so uh, grab the CRV before they start putting iPads, you know, <laughs> glue and iPads, because that's happening on all the cars now. Yeah, I think Toyota. I think the new Camry's got a, an iPad type thing now. Marty, thanks very much for the call. Really appreciate it. Your problem okay. was probably in the minds of a lot of people, a lot of listeners, yep. and you answered a lot of questions for them. So please call again. I appreciate your input. Thank you, Marty. Okay. Leasing thanks. is always, well, you got to look into it, do your homework, especially at the end when you're getting ready to turn it in. 877-960-9960. We love your questions, and we love when you inform us and let me take a moment and thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We certainly appreciate your company. And if you'd like to text us, we're at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, let's go over here. There's a YouTube. I've uh, uh, been waiting for a while. Yeah, we got a couple of them. I'm going to kind of combine two of them. Uh, B. Bizzle is asking, is it better to buy at the end of the model year or at the end of the fiscal year? And Mark Decker is asking, has Toyota started the end of the year deals yet? Um, I believe that you should always buy the newest car you can. And the only caveat there is when a new model comes out, particularly a new model, total change, possibly low supply, high demand, you might want to wait a couple of months. But you're better off to wait a couple months on the newest car. For example, the 2020s, I got a lot of them. 2021s, there are not too many of them. Uh, when the 2021 comes out, if it's a low supply, high demand, wait a couple months and buy that. You can negotiate and you can use your buying skills to get, a, with competitive comparison, a low enough price on the current model that offsets any of the advantages 
and the rebates and the discounts that you have on last year's model. And uh, I have a YouTube on this uh, that says basically, if I have a 2020 and a 2021 sitting on the lot, and I choose to buy the 2020 because I got a really good discount, more so than the 2021, three years from now when I trade that 2020 in, nobody knows that I bought it in 2021. They just know that it's three years old or four years old, whatever the time is. And it depreciates just like a new car depreciates just like a used car. So you see, 2020 and 2021 sitting on the lot, even though you can't tell by looking at them, that 2020 has already depreciated two or $3,000. That's the reason that you get the manufacturer's incentives and the sales uh, and the dealership's discounts. And the dealerships, you will be surprised, can often make a lot more money on last year's model because of the rebates, because they under allow you discount on the car that you should buy. Always buy the current model, but get the best price from competitive comparison. And you've always said that the best time to buy is at the end of the calendar year when the deals are going to be going on because they're trying to make their quotas, right? No, no. I, 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 have, a, I have a thought on that because here's a pattern that we notice. Like you're t on the on the this year, 2020, the current model is the 2020, the 2021s are coming in. There's big incentives on the 2020s. Don't be tempted by that. After the first of the year, they're going to start putting incentives, maybe not as great on the on the 2021s, but there will be something. For example, you might have a, yeah. a, a 2021 launched in, in December. Mm -hmm. You get all excited about it, but there's no incentives on it. They might have $3,000 of rebates on the 2020. But uh, Rick's, Wait Rick, three weeks. Rick's right at one point. I, I, I said I misspoke. You said the best time is the end of the year. Yeah, the, the best time is the end of the year. For the old taking, model. Yeah, taking the, well, and, and, you know, unless you got a 2021 came out early, you know, we, how many 2021s are out now? And uh, it's- About a third of our inventory. Yeah, so, so by the end of the year, that 2021 is not gonna be a hot new model anymore. It's been sitting on the lot for a couple, three, four months. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, there is a, uh, a huge push by the manufacturers and the dealers to hit their quotas. You're absolutely right. But don't buy the 2020 at the end of 2020. Buy the 21 in the yeah. middle of January. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So um, that way you have your cake and eat it too. And Rico West is saying, good morning, everyone. In many places, using a cell phone while driving is illegal. Yet here we are driving new cars with large entertainment screens taking our eyes off the road. Safety? You're totally right. I, I think about that all the time. Uh, cars are so, like, like you're looking at a, uh, you're in Times Square, and you got lights blinking at you, and you got really cool stuff going on. You got a map. I love my Google map. I got a great big Google map, and I feel like I'm flying in an airplane. I, I love to watch the bridges. And it, ter it, ter uh, it terrifies us. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very scary. <laughs> and so, so it is so entertaining looking at all the, the stuff on your dash, you're not paying attention to the road. So autonomous cars cannot be here soon enough. Oh, and, for sure. And I don't know why the manufacturers and the consumer advocates and the safety people don't understand that. You get in the cockpit of a new car and you drive it, and there are distractions all over the place. As a matter of fact, today I drove my wife's RAV because she needs a service. I'm going to take it to the shop after the show. But 
the difference between driving my 2013 Tacoma that doesn't have the yeah. features that her brand new RAV has, the lane keep assist, the radar cruise, I'm, I'm driving yeah. this car yeah. on yeah. the turnpike, yeah. and it literally felt like the car wanted to drive itself. It does. And it wanted me to get in the back seat and shut, yeah. just shut yeah. up and leave it be and yeah. let it drive the car. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was amazing. It's, it's amazing. Uh, like Earl said, autonomous can't get here soon enough. Absolutely. But it's unfortunate that 99% of the drivers on the road feel that they are, well, okay with throwing caution to the wind and studying the interior of the vehicle. You're putting a lot of lives at risk. And the person that's driving with you, she also is at risk. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to Howard, who's calling us. He's a regular caller from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. It's a pleasure talking to all of you guys. Thank you. And uh, here's my question. <clears throat> um, I purchased um, your dealership, uh, new windshield wipers. They're working fine. And uh, now they, they're squeaking. So um, a couple of people have told me different things. They said I should use Rain-X on the windshield. Another person said you should compound the windshield. Another person said you should uh, use alcohol on the blades. So, Rick, what do you suggest, doing all of them or one of them or what? No alcohol. No alcohol. <laughs> first, alcohol in cars don't mix ever. Uh -uh. Uh, the first thing, Rain-X is a fantastic product if it's applied properly. It, it takes some elbow grease to get it applied properly because you have to do a couple coats and buff it in properly and it's a fantastic product. The other one is just a simple good glass cleaner. Clean your windshield very very well with that and then spray some on a paper towel and wipe your windshield wiper blades. That normally will take care of 90% of the issue. Most of the time when your blades start to squeak or chatter, it's because they're dirty and the glass is dirty. Clean the glass really well and clean those wiper blades and you'll see a huge difference. Okay, I cleaned the glass with Windex all the time and that didn't seem to help. Yeah, Windex so, is great. It yeah, then I though. also cleaned the wiper blades with Windex. That didn't help. Hmm. And then, you know, and then... Uh, Again, someone told me to compound the, the glass, but that's ridiculous. So, uh, all right, uh, I get you. Okay, one other question. Um, when will the 19, uh, 2021 Camrys come out? They're already out. Okay, and how are they different from the 2020? Same, same body style. Um, there's going to be um, an, they're the, the safety system is on there. They're adding some more safety features. Um, um, they're using more of this, uh, like we're talking about, kind of dabbling the toe into autonomous driving, um, a full automatic braking to a complete stop. Um, it detects oncoming. If you're making a, a left turn against traffic, like at a light, um, it'll detect oncoming cars and actually, uh, you know, slow you down or stop the car. Uh, other things where, like, if you're entering a curve and the cars think you're going too fast, it'll apply the brakes and slow you down. So there's some safety stuff coming out, but it's going to look the same. And yeah, I was on my son-in-law's BMW two years ago. Yeah. So I, guess, so I guess it comes down to the Camry. Uh, okay, another thing. If I'm driving straight and then I veer off and, and get close to another vehicle, would it pull me over to, to the center of the road? Yes, that's the lane keep assist. Now, that's not on 
all the models, like some of them will have the lane departure alert, and then you have to, there's, you know, for the lane keep assist or actually steers you back in, I think you have to go to a, like a higher model, like a, a, oh. an SE or an, or an XLE. The XLE, right. Yeah. So, in other words, the, you get an XLE, you get all this stuff on, correct? Yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, the, the, the XLEs are, are pretty loaded up. Okay, great. Hey, Howard, how'd you like to volunteer, be a, one of Earl's volunteers to help people that need assistance in buying or servicing? Put your name and contact information on Earl on Cars blog website. I, I'll do that. Fantastic. Well, well, uh, can get, you give uh, me all that information? How do I do that? Yeah, so send the uh, send the information to Stu on our text number, seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and you'll be our first volunteer, and uh, we'll go on Earl on blog. So when somebody in the in your area needs a question, if they can't get hold of one of us, they can call you, and if you need help, you call one of us. That's great. Okay, I'll do Thank that. Thank you, Howard. Appreciate that. Okay. The okay, first volunteer. Have a good day, guys, and, and it's you. always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Bye. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Stu, is the uh, 2021 Sienna out? Uh, that's coming out um, pretty soon. It's, it's launching, uh, I think, later this month or early next month, and it's all hybrid. It Let's is, not turn this into a uh, Toyota commercial. Uh, it is an yeah. amazing vehicle. There were so many people this past week who asked me about the Sienna. Uh, move out of your home and into your Sienna. That's all I can say. It's an amazing revamp of the Sienna. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, remember www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the recovering card. Well, let's get on to some text. And Sue, you got some backlog there? Uh, yeah, but I, before I get into the, the new text, I want to let everybody know um, we have something uh, in store for a, Yale, a treat, mainly for, for next show. Um, we've got a lot of requests for us to do a mystery shop of a service department. Um, we've been talking, you know, Earl had a blog on how to safely get your car serviced during a pandemic. And there's also a ton of questions, and we do focus on the, uh, the sales mystery shop, but we have initiated an investigation. I cannot reveal the, uh, the name of the dealership yet or the type of car because we're going back to the dealership with the vehicle um, on uh, next week, and we just don't want to blow our cover. But yeah, basically, we, we, uh, we created a defect, a simple correction that would correct it, and we went in with the diagnosis being up to the dealership the dealership can either honestly diagnose it if he has the competence and give us a very reasonable charge or he can uh, he can charge us too much or he can miss it entirely it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens air sounds, oh i'm sorry uh, yeah dead air is something we don't well i yeah sorry about that i thought you dozed off i, I did okay. um <laughs> So we brought it in, and uh, basically we got some informa very interesting in information on the initial approach, and we'll find out exactly what happens next week, and we'll report to you back next Saturday. Uh, we can jump over to our text. We have one from uh, Brian in California. He says, uh, last week I told you guys about how successfully uh, got out of at least 21, 21 months early. I wanted to thank Earl for his genuinely nice response, saying how impressed it was to pull that off successfully. You guys got my question on the day before my birthday. It was just really cool for me. Uh, you guys are such an important part of the automotive industry, and I never miss an episode. 
even if I watch it later in the day uh, because of our time zone differences. Thank you, Earl, Nancy, Stu, and Rick, and everyone involved. Uh, looking forward to the show, as always, and thank, uh, thanks for everything you guys do for us. Hey, let's text Brian back and ask him to volunteer. He is very knowledgeable. He'd be a perfect representative in California. Yeah, sure would. I'm sure he's listening right now. Cool. Um, now, here's this one's a little bit harder to describe. Um, I'm going to interrupt you. Sure. Here. We have um, Meg who's holding, and she's calling us from Wellington. Good morning, Meg. Good morning. So I have a question and my thoughts on 20 versus 21, like Earl had said, as far as buying the 21 because you may get a better deal. But if you buy a 20 or a later vehicle, you can have less miles on it. So isn't that car valuable? when you buy an older vehicle and say you put 20,000 miles on a year, that now you have less miles on a car. Is that offset? Yeah, Meg, I'm not quite sure I understand your question. If you buy a 20, for example, a 20 or 21 Honda Accord right now, and they're both on the lot, and they both have no miles on them, you know, they probably have six or something like that, but they, they have uh, a new car, very low mileage, one's a 20, one's 21, if you buy the 20, the 2020, in three years, you're going to have the same amount of miles on it as the 2021, three years from now. Uh, the amount of miles on a car does not come anywhere near devaluing the car to the extent that the year okay. of the car does. Uh, when you go to buy a car uh, three years from now, and you're looking at, uh, you're looking at 2021 cars four years from now, the difference on the lot of the 2024 car um, that you bought here and uh, a year earlier or a year later is huge. One year depreciation three or four years from now has a much greater differential in the value of the car, the asking price, than the amount of miles you have on it. Okay. All right. That answers my question. Always go with the current model and just be sure that you get uh, at least three or four competitive bids and get the best price you can. It will probably be higher. It should be higher than the than the last year's model. Uh, the the best price you're going to get in 2021 should be higher than the price that you get on the 2020. But what you're saving and avoiding that you don't see is the current depreciation on that 2020. The 2020 on a new car dealer's lot today, 2020 Honda Accord at uh, Bremen Honda is worth $2,000 less than the 2021, at least. And if you okay. don't take that into consideration when you get your price on the 2021, uh, you make the wrong choice. Okay, because typically when we buy a car, we'll buy one that's you know three years old say if I was looking at a car right now and we're looking at 2016 versus 2017, mm -hmm. we would usually look at the vehicle that has less miles on it, like say a Lexus or a Toyota or yeah. you know, whatever vehicle we're looking at. True. Yeah, the mileage, definitely the lower Maybe. mileage, the higher the value, and you're very wise to do that. Uh, I will say this, that when you're thinking mileage now, uh, if you're looking for a bargain, sometimes you look at a higher mileage car because the cars are so reliable now compared to 25 or 30 years ago. Uh, right. if, if you can save enough money on a car with 100,000 miles, 
25 years ago, you wouldn't touch a car with 100,000 miles. Today, if a car's been well-maintained, has a good service record, uh, 100,000 miles is a piece of cake. Uh, you can drive that car another 200,000 miles if you take care of it, which wasn't the case a few years back. So sometimes cars are, if you're going to keep a car for a while, sometimes a higher mileage, a higher mileage car might be the better value. Okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense. And, and Meg? Okay. Well, thank you very much. Meg, Meg, it is real important for you to get uh, three prices. Absolutely get three prices. Keep an eye on the mileage, but get three prices. It's important. Is there a little more work, but it's worth your while. Thank you so right, much for the call. We're looking for a car for, for our son now. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Meg. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I think we're going to go back to Stu. Yeah, this is this one's really interesting. Um, it's, a, it's a text, and somebody sent us a uh, uh, some information about there's a guy who does car sales training on YouTube and his name's Steve Richards and he, he trains cars uh, it's very old school um, but he tries to uh, he doctors it up and makes it look like it's like modern sophisticated car uh, selling um, he always responds to the comments on his YouTube channel and uh, this guy was going over how to overcome the dealer fee with for his salespeople and so our texter um, texted him says Steve you can have the lowest advertised price, but include a high a dealer fee of five hundred to two thousand dollars to compensate for the lower price. If that's a taxable fee, it's profit to the dealer. This is a this guy listens to the show. Um, there may be um, one to five fees listed depending on the dealer. Uh, suddenly, Steve Richards is not responding to that comment at all, and <laughs> has nothing to say. Maybe he will eventually, but that's kind of interesting because. The guy says he responds pretty, pretty rapidly. There's one of the greatest sins out there in advertising and car buying because there's a huge amount of cars bought online. So many people are going to uh, uh, AutoTrack. Uh, uh, they're going to Cars.com. They're going. Everybody's searching online. Car Guru, and almost without exception, AutoTrader uh, is the is the biggest. AutoTrader uh, adds all the hidden fees. Uh, let's put it this way. They allow the dealers to advertise the price without the hidden fees, and the dealer adds them, and you're probably paying at least a thousand to three thousand dollars more than the advertised price. And the online is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's right. Uh, go ahead. Okay, we are going to go to Mark, who is holding uh, from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Mark. Good morning to everyone there. Hey, um, Earl. I I may be the confused one here, but. You know, you touched on the point of having a 2020, a new one buying it off the lot. Which, uh, uh, you're going to be worth less money when you drive it off the lot. Yeah. Now, when you buy the 2021, you're saying that you have, um, you know, a newer car. But when you drive that one off the lot, you have the same amount of depreciation, correct? No. But yet you bought, uh, you bought it at a higher price than you would have bought the 2020 for a lower price, correct? No, you, uh, Mark, you, you have inherently a lot more depreciation in 2020. Think about it. Let's say it's January 1st, 2021. It's easier to think in terms of maybe the calendar year. And you have a 2020 Honda Accord, a 2021 Honda Accord. Uh, you buy the 2021, and uh, it's a brand-new car. Uh, you could take it back to the dealer. And uh, if, if they hadn't titled it and registered it uh, and they gave you your money back, 
Uh, in fact, you know, we we have a hundred percent unconditional money back guarantee at our dealership. Somebody buys a car and returns it in a few days, we give them all their money back. That car is still worth the same thing it was three days ago. Uh, but if it's a 2021, I mean 2020, uh, the person buying that in 2021, they're not thinking in terms of January, February, March, and they're not thinking in terms of even 2021 and 2022. They're just thinking in terms of uh, the car has got a 2020, so it's 2022, it's two years old, even though you bought it in 2021. Stu? Yeah, a good way to look at it is you don't realize that depreciation until you sell the car or trade it in. So five years down the road, three years down, two years down, they're going to look at the car, they're going to look at the year. They're not going to say, well, it was a late in the year. It's just, They're going to look at the book, and they're going to say it's a 2020. It's worth less than the 2021. The only question is if you know, how big is the incentive they put on it. If it's a $10,000 incentive, then maybe it makes sense to buy the older one, but usually you don't see incentives like that. Right, but I guess my point is that when you go ahead and buy that 2020 brand-new off the lot, although it's January 2021, you're still paying, you would still be paying a lesser price for the 2020 than you would the 2021 yes, on yeah, the same day, correct? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And what Earl is saying is the depreciation is going to exceed those savings. Yeah, yeah the, you can save more than the depreciation that uh, you're, you're talking about. Now, the depreciation uh, is hidden. People don't think about it when they buy a brand new car. Right, right. Yeah, and, and yet, I, can, I guarantee you that there is an inherent extra two or three thousand dollars depreciation depending on how long you keep that uh that last year's model that uh, you don't have on the current model right well you know i just kind of uh, assumed like what rick said is you know you go in at the end of the model year yeah. and try to buy yeah. then you're going to get that 2020 at a better price a consumer would get at a better price well i i, I no, I think, yes, you would. At the end of the year, you get a better price on the 2020 and the 2021. Uh, the point being that you are not going to get enough of a discount on the 2020 to justify that hidden depreciation that is not in the t 2021. It's, it's a little... It's a little complicated, but... Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Yes, they will both appreciate roughly at the same rate, but when it comes time right, to sell the right. car, when they look at the book, you're going to have a newer car, yeah. and you're going to get more money for yeah. it. The total depreciation, yeah. I call it hidden depreciation. Uh, you don't see it, but it, it becomes brutally apparent when you, when you go three years later to trade it in. Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking that either one, uh, when you go to trade in, obviously yeah. you're going to get less for one, but you're think about it. When you're buying a used car, how many times do you know the delivery date of that car? If you're buying a used car and it says it's a production date, a production date, exactly. You don't know when the car was sold. You can find out. It's not a bad idea to find out. But uh, uh, you, you, all you see is what it says on the registration. Oh, this is 2019. You don't know that the car was manufactured in 2000, late 2019 or whether it was in early 2019. That's that's what you don't right. understand. You just see the calendar. And, you, yeah. and your warranty date and so forth starts on the purchase date, not the manufacturer's date. Exactly. Correct? Exactly, okay. yeah. All right. Well, I just, it's, 
It sounded a little confusing there, but is, uh, I'm kind is. of familiar with it. But yeah. uh, it I just wanted to get it. I, I'm going back and forth trying to listen to the radio, yeah. and I just yeah, if, didn't if, want to waste your time <laughs> if you had already touched on that. Yeah. Mark, you, you want to you want to be one of Earl's volunteers, be able to answer questions. Yeah, or... I already I already sent in a note to uh, Steve oh, saying I would volunteer. Thank you, I appreciate that. You're one of our most knowledgeable callers, and I appreciate that very much. You're welcome, sir. Have a nice weekend. You too. Thank you, Mark. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And as Earl mentioned, his uh, latest column is Earl on Cars Volunteers Assisting Car Buyers. And he'd love to hear from you. Uh, this is an announcement that he made earlier, and uh, it's pretty exciting. We can all join together, all of you, and, uh, well, help us out. If you'd like to text us, you can do so at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, let's jump over to another text here. Um, it's on the same topic. Uh, this is from Mary Ann. Uh, she says, what if there is a rebate of, say, $3,000 or even higher? Is it still better to buy the newer one? The 2020 Cami Hybrid has a $3,500 cash rebate. What's well, dealer cash. Um, are you saying I should pay more for the 2021? Well, remember, the rebate is not necessarily the only discount you get on a buying a car. And so, uh, yes, the manufacturer does give rebates on last year's model, and they have to do that. And I can just tell you from being in the business for as many years as I have, I typically make more money when the big rebates come on cars because I can sell them for more profit. Uh, dealers when they have a car with a big rebate, oftentimes they tell the customer about it, but the, the discount beyond the rebate doesn't have to happen to the extent. It takes the pressure off a car dealer having to discount his profit when the manufacturer says, hey, I'm going to give you $2,000 if you sell this last year's model so I can sell you more new models. I take that $2,000, say, oh, now I don't have to discount this car so much because the manufacturer's giving me uh, some extra money. And that's, that's the behind-the-scenes activity that you don't see. Hmm. Okay. Um, this is great. Why does Apple CarPlay require tethering with a USB cord? Why can't a Bluetooth connection work? I read that BMW BMW works wirelessly, but they charge a sub subscription for wireless CarPlay. Uh, just real quick, wireless uh, Apple CarPlay is just a way to connect your phone uh, to your car and use the apps on your phone like navigation and your music and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And yeah, you have to plug it in with a USB plug. Uh, BMW um, uh, does offer wireless. Uh, they do charge for it. I think it's $80 a year, and I think you get a couple of years free before they start charging you an annual subscription, so you don't have to plug it in. I, I got to say, just from my personal opinion, that seems pretty petty. <laughs> you know, BMW, you're going to spend $70,000 on a BMW, and they're going to charge you $80 a year, so you don't have to use a plug. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, it is coming. I'm told that most other manufacturers within the next couple of years are going to start offering at wireless Apple CarPlay. And I, I assume that's going to also apply to the Google um, uh, Google Car Connection as well. Um, Rick? There is an adapter available that you can plug in that will let your CarPlay go wireless. Oh. Uh, 9to5mac.com has a review on that. Oh, hmm. cool. We should, we should try one and do a little test uh, on one of our cars. Um, next one. This is from Dan and Stuart. He says, I don't know if you're aware... But on Tuesday, in a 3-2 to two vote, Martin County repealed their mask mandate. 
Almost immediately, businesses up here have stopped requiring masks, even though we're entering a second wave. Stay safe, people. Wear a mask. Well, yeah. I tell you, is that a timely comment? Uh, when we get to the mystery shopping report, without spoiling it, uh, we were shocked uh, by what happened uh, with the lack of mask wearing in Martin County. And I, uh, yeah. uh, I, you know, I say this to all you folks in Martin County: uh, you should say something to the dealers, to the retailers. Uh, it's just, it, it's recommended. Their cop out is the uh, Martin County Commission uh, saying it's not required anymore. It's recommended. I think it's absolutely criminal that uh, with this uh, COVID wave coming back now and with the, exp expo the exposing that the mask wearing is so important that any retailer would not uh, require their customers and their employees to wear a mask. Uh, and to say we recommend it is BS. Uh, you don't recommend something that you know can kill somebody you enforce it and you make it the law. So Martin County, shame on you, shame on the commission, and shame on the regulators, and shame on the retailers for, for taking their masks off and endangering their customers and their employees. Absolutely. So, sorry about the rant, I couldn't yeah. help myself. Hey, are any of them scientists up there? Probably the opposite. That's rhetoric. <laughs> <clears throat> We're gonna go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning. It gets worse than that. Tuesday night, I went to a car show in uh, Hutchinson Island. It usually be held regularly, but it's been postponed, and now it's back again. I will never go again. At least half of the people, including the car owners, did not have the mask on. I th I'm against that, and at my age, I don't want to take any chances, so sure. guess what? I won't go there again. So just a comment on that. But Earl mentioned the car business 50 years ago. I have a question to Rick. 54 years ago, Oldsmobile Toronado was the first American car that came out in front-wheel drive. I want to know Rick's opinion. If he had a choice, especially on trucks, which he likes, one had front-wheel drive and the other one had rear-wheel drive, what is Rick's preference as an expert mechanic of an automobile one versus the other. Personally, I think that rear-wheel drive is almost required for a truck because the ability to get the torque to push a load, if you're going to carry any sort of load in a truck, I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. Uh, if, if I didn't need a truck at times to carry heavy loads for around my home or whatever, I'd just have a regular car front-wheel drive because it's, they're safer, they're actually a little more economical. They control better and handle better, especially in adverse conditions, rain, snow, whatever. But when you need to get a heavy load hauled, a front-wheel drive car just really isn't up are, to are, it. Are they safer uh, because the front wheels pull you around the curve? In other words, I they do. When I drive, when I drive a front-wheel car, I feel so uh, it feels so much more in control because I'm not being pushed and I you're not going to get the sliding and the uh, you know swerving absolutely pulled around the corner yeah well the proof of what you're saying now snow has started in the northern states and there's no question about it in the snow territory you want to have a front wheel drive for control and traction absolutely but the ideal is uh, correct me if I'm wrong Rick, the ideal is all-wheel drive that way you have your cake and eat it too and uh, 
you got the total control and you've got uh, you know just the perfect situation that's why Subaru is so great popular up in yeah. the northern states yeah well one disadvantage mechanically it costs more to maintain wheel alignment and everything uh, front-wheel drive shocks replacement etc etc than it does on a rear wheel drive that's a factor also well I can always earn more money but my life and my health and safety and that of my family uh, yeah you can't just go out and work a little more to earn that that's to me that's a whole lot more important than a few pennies in the bank account well here's another good news girl mentioned 50 years ago I'm looking at a 1978 car ad full page ad from tough coat five-year warranty there's a warning on it one month you buy your car it has the rust starts under the hood. 13 months, rust builds up between the fender and fender well braces. 18 months, rust is halfway through the door seams and rocker panels. And 36 months, this, this says the car is worth $400 less in resale because of the rust. Three mm -hmm. companies made it then, Tough Coat, Z-Bart, Rusty Jones, yeah. Earl was in the business then, I'm sure he remembers. We don't have to worry about that, thank God, today. Yeah. The cars are coated from the factory, even if you live in South Florida or up in Maine. And thank God, we don't have to do any more. So we came a long way in the car business. And this ad was from 1978. I don't think any company today even does, if you want to do it, undercoating. Am I correct? Uh, maybe up north somewhere. I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen one, but uh, it used to be commonplace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank God we don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, how, like, uh, are you a volunteer? Are you willing to volunteer? To uh, I can't. I have a signed a disclaimer that I was involved in uh, private security business, ah. and I'm not allowed to reveal. Uh, there's some people, I hate to say it, but they're in federal prison, oh boy. <clears throat> and they weren't too happy over uh, myself and a group of us, uh -huh. so <clears throat> I can't do it. I would love to volunteer if I could. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. I well, understand. thank you. <clears throat> you guys, I'm late waiting for the uh, report. It'll All be right. a good one. Hang on. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, well, you got John. Hey, over here. You, you know what? I have a question for you, Rick, about uh, front-wheel drive. This takes me back to Pittsburgh. Um, how often do you have your tires rotated on a front-wheel drive? I used to do it like every six months. Every 5,000 miles or every six months you should rotate the tires. And are they rotated differently than nope. not side-to-side? Side Front-to-back. Front-to-back. We don't recommend side-to-side side because it can if your tires aren't perfectly flat smooth, which even brand new tires are not, you can actually create a pull to one side or the other. Interesting. Well, that's for our listeners up north. Yep. Now back to Stu. Or do you have another YouTube? A couple YouTube. quick ones here. Um, Tom Holmes is asking, for trucks, what accessories are typically installed at the dealer versus at the factory? And are there accessories available beyond what is offered on the Toyota website? like lift kits, etc. Well, you know, we recommend that you go strictly with your factory accessories. That's not to say there are not good dealer installed accessories or aftermarket accessories. In fact, some of the other products can be even better than the manufacturer. But because uh, of the um, 
taking advantage of dealer installed accessories, I use a rule of thumb and say don't take a car with dealer installed accessories. If you want uh, whatever it is, get it on the car that came from the manufacturer. If for no other reason, you have a reliable guarantee. You know, your warranty on a new car covers whatever was on the car when you bought it if it was installed by the manufacturer. If it was installed by the dealer, he's got his own warranty or if there's no warranty. And typically, dealer-installed accessories on trucks and cars are inferior, and sometimes they're grossly inferior because they're only added to the car to jack the price up. You jack the price up, you can show more trade-in allowance, you can show a bigger discount, or you can put it in your pocket and call it profit. Virtually every car you buy in South Florida now has dealer-installed accessories, worthless things like right. nitrogen and the tires. Alternatively, buy the car you know, without the stuff that's pre-installed, and you can have a conversation. They have access to good accessories, but you'll have to pay for it. You don't get something for nothing. So if you're going to get, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, that's the opposite. In this case, you're getting nothing for something yeah. <laughs> for, for, for a dealer-installed, pre-installed accessories. Yeah, buy the car and then buy the accessory yeah. and shop and compare price on the accessory. Shop the quality on the accessory. Yeah. Uh, Enrico West is asking, with new cars having so many computers on board, is it still safe to boost a battery with cables, or do you think the new portable charging packs are a safer option? Well, in my opinion, both of those work identically. Connecting up to jumpstart off another car, if it's done properly, you'll have no worries whatsoever. And those charging packs are a fantastic idea they're just a great option to where you don't need the hassle of a second vehicle. They simply connect right up to the battery and start the car right up. Very but they're, they're both perfectly safe. Just make sure you do it properly. All right. All right, we got a text here. Uh, whatever happened to Lou Backrope, the guy with the big nose on his billboard at 995? <laughs> You know, I, I know the billboard. I don't know what happened to Lou Backrod, though. No, I knew I knew Lou Backrod. He was one of the first guys to do the one price, uh, and uh, this is uh, 30, 40 years ago, and I had a Pontiac dealership back then, and I tried one price and almost went broke. Uh, uh, Lou Backrod and I sat up on the stage at the National Automobile Dealers Association meeting uh, because uh, J.D. Power invited the one price dealers in the country you know, 40 years ago or whatever it was, and we told all the dealers how we did it and how wonderful it was. We didn't tell them how we almost went broke. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, we quit it, and there was no more one price for, you know, a long, long time, years, decades. Yeah. And yeah. finally, uh, we're back, and we are back where we started. Uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, someone once said. Yeah. More anonymous feedback. Uh, you know what I think would be a great accessory in a car? filtered and chilled water dispensers. Imagine being thirsty while you're driving and having the ability to dispense cold, clean water to drink. I believe most people would agree that the first car to offer this will be an enormous sales success. Earl, can you set, suggest this to Toyota? I know Nancy would buy it, right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's kind of a cool idea. I, you know, no pun intended. Well, here's a thought for you. <laughs> Pretty good. They have water coolers now that take moisture from the air by using a small condenser like a, a, that's basically the evaporator core from an AC system. I don't like that. 
and it, it condenses the water. NASA does it. They do the same thing with urine, but I'm not. Well, I'm not a fan of that. Okay, more well, I, like, I, like, I like water that comes from the sky. Exactly. Yeah. You're like you're, you. You appreciate the hydrologic cycle. Yes. Yeah, okay. unless you have a dehumidifier, and I'm taking everyone back. 25 years maybe and we had a dehumidifier in our apartment and during the hurricane season we lost our electricity and the only water that we had was from the dehumidifier wow. and we used it well i didn't know we were using you, it she, she was making your coffee it. with it <laughs> what's that you now you're telling coffee me. with it <laughs> Uh, it came in handy. Trust me, everyone. I won't go into detail as to why we used it or where we used it, but trust me, it came in handy. Oh, as long as I didn't drink it, I don't mind. You, you didn't know. drink it. Oh, good. You flushed the commode. Oh, thank oh, you. you. Okay. I had to spill the beans. 877-960-9960. How do you feel about that, folks? Give us a call. I think that's funny. We want, <laughs> we want everyone's opinion on everything. Or right. you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Yeah, this is part car show and part science. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's more anonymous uh, a question on anonymous feedback. Do high-volume dealers pay the same for their stock as low-volume dealers? Yes. Yeah, they, they do. And I, I don't want to complicate it. There's some nuances there. But the, the thing to remember is that in the car business, whether you sell 1,000 cars a month, and yes, there are car dealers that sell 1,000 cars a month. Or whether you sell 10 cars a month, and yes, car dealers sell 10 cars a month. If you're a Chevrolet dealer you know, and you're selling 1,000, you pay the same price as the guy selling 10. There is no advantage to being a high volume dealer uh, other than um, Selection. your expenses in terms of uh, allocating expenses are probably lower. Yeah. Um, here's a great question here. Uh, when a dealership orders new cars, do they order all of their stock of a certain model all at once or many times during the model year? And I can address that. Um, there are differences amongst manufacturers, but it's, it's ordered throughout the year, and most of them have gone to what's called a, a turn and earn. So uh, you get every two weeks there's an allocation of new vehicles, and it's based on your what, how many you sold in the since the prior allocation. Assuming you have a car that you sell a lot of, yeah. and other car manufacturers like Nissan, they can't sell cars. They try to shove them down the yeah. dealer's throat. Uh, in other words, it's not the question of ordering cars. It's a question of, please don't send me any more cars. The high demand, low supply, dealers fight for uh, the amount of cars they could get. And the faster they sell them, the faster the manufacturer ships them. Okay. Uh, anonymous feedback. Good morning, y'all. Uh, my wife and mother both have 2020 RAV4 LEs. Uh, my wife's has had no issues. However, my mother's had a, had, had a dead battery two days in a row. It's only three weeks old, 1,200 miles. Brought it to the dealership, and they said it needed a module update. They said it's a big issue on the 2020 RAV4s, uh, but not a recall yet. My question is, why isn't Toyota contacting RAV4 owners to have them get this update done so they're not stranded with a dead battery somewhere? Also, should I bring my wife's in to have the update done? Lastly... Um, have you all had any RAV4s with this issue at your dealership? Great show. Unfortunately, I cannot listen uh, where I live, but I listen to the replay. And that's from, uh, well, it's anonymous, but he's signed it, Joseph. Uh, I don't know if we've seen the RAV4s with that specific thing, but we have had several Camrys. Exactly the same thing as the uh, SOS safety call button that you have and you're installed in the car. Mm -hmm. 
and there's an issue with the programming in it where it stays turned on and drains the battery and drains the battery when you okay. shut the car off All so right. there's an update to the programming that prevents that colonel right. google just ans answered it for earl i asked uh, mark feldman oh. our service manager colonel about mark, that then. very <laughs> issue and uh he said uh, regarding this uh, rav4 question uh there is a firmware update that fixes this concern so uh that answers that yes to that there yeah. is a fix and there should be a notification to the owners it's related to a draw that on occasion electrical draw can occur it's not on everyday event but we do see a few related component causing the concern is the safety connect option it should go in yeah. sleep mode but does not that's what rick just said yeah, yeah. okay excuse me guys but we're going to go to frank who's calling us from jupiter farms good morning frank well, good morning, Nancy and Earl and the rest of the gang. Hey. It was a pleasure to say hi. Hi. Um, as always, your show draws memories from days gone by, and um, there's two quick things for you today. When you were talking about the windshield wipers, um, it was cool when they asked about the aqua, and I immediately said no, and, and you all verified that. But Rain-X, I'll give you a quick Rain-X story. Many, many years ago, I had bought a used 911 Porsche, and I was just at the time, just a cleaner at Eastern Airlines, so it wasn't really a big paycheck, but enough to get a Porsche. And the windshield wiper stopped working. $400 for a wiper motor. Yeah. And one of my buddies, the mechanic there, said, you don't need to buy a wiper motor, get Rain-X. We put the Rain-X on, and I never needed those wiper motor again until I traded the car in several months later. So yeah, I love Rain-X Rain is magic, yeah, especially with it. the windshield that has a nice rake to it. Yeah. Like Rick now, said, you have to put it on right. And it takes a lot of elbow grease. Yeah. Yeah, luckily that, I had that back in those years. <laughs> now, back to you when you were mystery shopping with, um, in, in, in the service department. I'm looking forward to that next week. Yeah. yeah you we may have recalled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Years ago, they had some um, TV shows where they, at truck stops and people traveling across the Interstate 95 would stop and have a small little problem. And, and they had video cameras and seeing how the deception that was going on, and they really busted a lot of the, um, um, I should say, repair shops at that time frame. But um, So it should be interesting what comes up. The other thing that, in my particular case, I was taking my car back um, to a Mercedes dealer, and all of a sudden the shop fees went from just a few dollars to like 10% of the bill. That was their new thing. The yeah. shop fees, $500 service charge, and now you got a $50 shop fee. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes up in your mystery shop, or if that's still the case on some of the dealers. Wow! Yeah, we can't wait to see what finds out what, what we're going to find out. Yeah, hopefully uh, this is educational. We should probably make it a regular part of the show because people get their car service a lot more than they buy a car, and we should be able to point out uh, the same uh, pitfalls and things to watch out for to our service customers. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, I just want to say thank you. We enjoy listening to you each each, each Saturday morning, and um, it's it's nice um, what you do for the public. Frank, how about volunteering for us? you want to be on our volunteer list, Earl on Cars? Um, it's a thought. i got a lot on my plate right now. But, okay, um, well, I'll think about it. Yeah, the good news is I I, I probably got a lot more experience than um, some of the listeners, but um, it yeah. just comes with each and, um, and the love of cars. I mean, it's been it's been I actually was watching some of the auctions going down on Meekin the other night and seeing some of the cars that what they're going for today. It's, it's amazing. But okay, thanks. Thanks very much, Frank. Uh, yeah, no pressure you. on the volunteer, but 
Let us know if you can. Thank you, Frank. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. We did have one question on YouTube earlier. Ernesto was asking, is there a minimum age to be a volunteer? Four. Um, three. Um, three four. years old. Okay. Four. Four. <laughs> no, anybody with knowledge. Uh, you, know, we, uh, you got old folks with knowledge. You got young folks with knowledge. If you know, if you know a lot, and then you know, we're, we, we've asked the people that we know because they've called the show, and we know about their abilities. If we don't know you, we'd like to do a brief interview, and uh, and then if, if if you pass the the, the test uh, on the fundamentals, and we'd love to have you join up. If not. We'll give you some reference materials to bring yourself up to speed if you want to volunteer. But I'd love to have a nationwide uh, uh, pool of volunteers in Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Tennessee, Connecticut, California. New Jersey, New York, California. We want volunteers spread out all over. So, uh, Yeah, okay. we could have some volunteers from New York, too. Absolutely. Stu and I both know some Definitely a, a few <laughs> residents in New York. That's right. Okay, uh, back to anonymous feedback. Uh, this is a, just a, a, a comment. Buying a new car at a dealership is like being sucked into a timeshare presentation. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, you know, you're absolutely right. And it kinda, I don't want to spoil anything in the mystery shopping report, but it, that, that's kind of how the, uh, the Agent Lightning's experience started when they got to the dealership. It became like a, kind of like an unwanted presentation, <laughs> so oh. it reminded me of that. A very good comment. Um, let's see here. What am I missing here? Okay. Um, if you have a set car price and then tell the dealer you have a trade-in, will they take the trade-in price off the price you've negotiated or will they try to renegotiate the price all over again? Now, the simple answer is, yeah, because that, that's what we advise, but who knows what they're going to try and do. But the best way to do is get that price and don't let them know you have a trade-in because that's how they monkey around with the numbers. Find out how you could buy the car without a trade, the lowest out-the-door price you can get, and then say, oh, by the way, I got this car, and then that way they can't play around with the numbers. But there's no guarantee that they won't try. You treat the, the car you're purchasing, the car you're trading, and the financing is three separate financial transactions. You don't let the sales salesman, the dealer, know. You go to your bank or your credit union, and you get the best deal you can on financing. You go to three used car dealers of the same make or the brand the car you're driving, and get bids on your trade-in, the car you're driving. That's a separate transaction. And then you go to three different car dealerships to get the best price on the car you're buying. And then you put them all together, and you got the best of all worlds. Because if you don't do that, the car dealer that is handling all three, he can make you think you're getting a great deal on the new car by screwing you on the used car and the financing. Or he can give you a great deal on the financing by screwing you on the new car. So. You take away his ability to maneuver and do the smoke and mirrors when you separate all three transactions. That's right. It's the way to go. All right, more anonymous feedback. Um, this is a reference to a, uh, a conversation we had last week. It says, I disagree with Rick's answer on BMW brakes. I've never seen cross-drilled rotors on a stock BMW X5. The reason that brake jobs are so expensive is BMW upcharges on labor. Don't get me wrong, BMW OEM rotors are very good quality. However, OEM 4X rotors for that X5 <laughs> um, can be purchased, I'm saying four of them can be purchased for around $500, pads $150, and the rest is markup. 
four rotors for $500 and the pads are $150? Yep. The rotors are less expensive than the pads. Well, I don't know if they meant per pad or uh, per total. Well, front brake pads, I, I'm just going by Toyota, by what I know for Toyota, front brake pads are about $70 factory and the rotors are about $150 to $170 factory, which makes sense. The rotors are usually more expensive than the pads. So if the rotors for BMW are less expensive than the pads, sounds to me like somebody might have their numbers a little mixed up there. Yeah, Just my thoughts. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, good morning. This is from Mark Ryan, longtime YouTube listener uh, from the show from Iowa. Um, I will be. I would be willing to volunteer for Earl's initiative to assist car buyers for Iowa. I have Great. 20 years of corporate sales marketing experience with the Fortune 500 organization. Have taught marketing, business, finance courses, and community colleges for the past 15 years. This guy sounds perfect. If you recall, I use Earl's book in my personal finance course. I'm happy to further uh, uh, to further discuss the opportunity with you as time permits. Hey, thanks, Mark. That's great. Mm, Iowa. Yeah, well, will you contact him, too and get yeah, the information? Absolutely. Hey, maybe we can get pictures, too, uh, to put on the website. I mean, if there's... Well, yeah. Yeah, if, if they want if, to. If, I mean, if they present well. If they're not wanted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is to John. Uh, I was listening to John earlier. It says, to John, all removable car parts are dipped in anti-corrosion material and the welded body or main cabin assembly is also dipped in the same material. Uh, this, uh, thus, it seeps into body seams. Corrosion is nearly non-existent in today's cars. No need for further rust-proofing unless to appease the consumer for, let's say, northern construction business. You know, what I, what I see, and Rick, you see it too, is uh, the metal underneath the skin, the metal internal, like brakes particularly, and you take a you take a brand new car, and you put it in a condominium garage on Palm Beach, or anywhere on the Florida coastline, and you let it sit there for three or four years, you got yourself some serious corrosion. We see cars that come from people that live right on the ocean, and we can tell which side of the car faces the ocean yeah. by where the rust is more prevalent versus the other side. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. It's a uh, uh, you would think with uh, the high tech and the you know the technology we got with cars they could make a corrosion proof car but they haven't done it yet well but if you made a car that lasted forever nobody'd ever buy a new car well, well but that's i know that's an argument i mean it's, I'm, there, I'm just saying there, it's, there's yeah. a conspiracy theory that the auto manufacturers had pre-existing um uh, you know uh, obsolescence that they sold your car knowing it'd be wouldn't last or mm -hmm. you need more. I mean, competition, that's the beauty thing about competition. If you build a car that'll last twice as long as your competitor, uh, you're gonna make so much money in the short run that you can worry about the fact that it'll last twice as long later. And that's kind of what's happened today. 50 years ago, if a car lasted three years and, uh, and 50,000 miles, you were doing good. Yeah. Today, that same car will last, what? 15 years and uh, 500,000 miles? Easily, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, it's, so, it's great. So, yeah, one day they will have a car that will probably... Uh, how, how, about the, uh, how about Elon Musk? A battery, million-mile electric uh, uh, a battery for an electric car. Who would have thought 
That's that's a lifetime battery. You you would lose me yeah. as a customer for. Hey, just to change the subject, why can't I buy a barbecue grill? It's rustproof. Huh? How about a wing nut? How about a screw? You need to How get about a, anything? You gotta buy a plastic grill. Sorry. <laughs> um, this one's really interesting. Um, text that just came in there's no names did you read about the study that shows that hackers or other mischievous individuals can flash an image of a sign or a pedestrian on the road to fool autonomous cars into reacting the driver can't even notice it and i did read that article and it was really interesting um if you guys remember a few years back there was a tragic incident where a tesla driver um drove yeah. underneath a truck and it, it the uh, white it was like the white side of a semi-truck it fooled it into thinking it was like bright sky mm-hmm. um the study i think it might have been an israeli study and what they did they tested on like on teslas and things like that in a split second they could they would flash a turn something or something that made the vehicle think it had to behave a certain way mm-hmm. and it reacted but the in the in the, the human driver couldn't even notice it and suddenly their car veered off the road mm-hmm. or slammed on the brakes and so that's a huge um vulnerability not to scare people we, we want autonomous driving to come but it was a good study to alert the manufacturers of you know maybe unforeseen ways these things could uh you know can misbehave hackers will be in around forever and, yeah. hack, and hackers hacker, gonna hack you're gonna have the good hackers and the yeah. bad hackers that's basically what you got and then progress goes on yeah that's right um, but it's good to know that they're they're doing this incrementally. There's tomorrow they're not gonna no one's gonna unveil a 100% autonomous vehicle. It's it, things get uh, it's gonna get yeah. you know over time, and we're gonna get uh, closer and closer to fully autonomous eventually. Yeah. Okay, um, do you got any over there, Rick? I do actually. I've got uh, Justin Thomas says I'm looking to buy a car and online uh, asked for the Carfax. It showed 19,000 miles. The car dealership said 5,000 miles on that car. The salesman said it was only 5,000. They said it was a mistake by Carfax. He says he didn't get to see the odometer himself. He hasn't gone to the place because he's looking at them online. And he's worried that it might be a bait and switch. Have you ever heard of Carfax having the wrong mileage listed on it? Yes. Yeah, happens. And you should notify Mm -hmm. Carfax and uh, they will make a correction or maybe they won't. Right. Uh, I mean, it's going to tell the truth. If Carfax didn't make a mistake, then somebody is uh, yeah. pulling the fast one. Now, things are, are changing. Now, I do think like the connected, the way the cars are connected now, mileage is read um, electronically, um, and that's, but that's not commonplace yet. So when a car goes to a service department, it's manually entered by a, um, a person on a keyboard, and mistakes can be made. Um, but fortunately, there are avenues to correct the mistakes. Yeah. Um, it is kind of cool right now. For example, on, you know, on my car, I have an app. It tells me exactly how many miles are. When it goes to the service department, they plug it in. It tells the, the accurate miles, so it eliminates that, you know, that type of error. But Carfax is not infallible, uh, nor is AutoCheck. Um, and if a human's yeah, we've involved, seen yeah. some serious problems. We've seen uh, Takata airbag recalls that it were, uh, not, were not, not picked up. And uh, so, yeah, you, you, nothing's perfect. You yeah. got data gathering and data publishing and you got mistakes and it'll be that way yeah. forever. I think it's, they're rare enough that uh, you can have a high level of confidence in Carfax and yeah. AutoCheck. But, they're very good. But it's, but it's not perfect. Um, and Tom Holmes is asking, to what Earl just said, isn't it possible for SET financing to beat any deal you're likely to get from a credit union with 1.9% depending on the month's available incentives? Yeah, they, uh, they, they call the 
they call them captive lenders, you know, Chrysler's got them, General Motors has got them, Toyota's got them, Southeast Toyota, and the lenders um, in collusion, I hate that word because the captive lenders aren't supposed to collude with the manufacturers, but they do, and, and so basically they offer these incredibly low interest rates, 0%, 1.9, and it's legitimate. But it's part of the pricing of the car, and typically they'll offer an alternative cash rebate, then you have to do the arithmetic, because one or the other is better for you based on a number of other variables. But yeah, uh, if you're gonna get a super interest rate, don't take the dealer's word for it. Be sure it's from Southeast Total Financing, Honda Financing, Ally Financing, I think that's what General Motors uses, and uh, the other captive lenders, and they do come up with the super good deals, better than a credit union. A credit union. Hmm. Well, well, tagging onto that, Anonymous Subek says, I'm wondering why the interest rates uh, varies depending on the model. Um, all Toyotas, when leasing, shouldn't the interest rate be constant? And the answer is, well, just exactly what Earl says, it works as part of the incentive program. Yeah. So if uh, Toyota wants to sell a whole bunch of Corollas, they might offer 0%, and if they're having no problem selling the Camry, they might offer 2.9 or 3%. It's, it's just part of the incentive yeah. program. And just remember, also, the super low incentive uh, interest, are, are, are they're, they're good, but they're not that good compared to the way it used to be. I mean, when, when the average lending amount was like 6 or 7%, Five or six or seven percent, zero percent was huge, and they would have a few of those. Uh, today, uh, if you've got really good credit, you can borrow money below three percent anyway with really good credit, and uh, and if you get one point nine percent and you can borrow money for two and a half percent, it's no big whoop. So uh, you might want to take the rebate as the alternative if you have good credit and you got a really good deal at the bank or credit union. We have a text from Anne Marie. Oh, hi, Anne-Marie. I okay. love Anne-Marie's tech. She is so smart. Yep. Uh, good morning. Does Toyota have an app where people can personally down, where, download software updates to their cars? Or are software updates just handled through the Toyota dealer service department? These questions are prompted by a story about the Tesla app that I read in Jalopnik. The story mentioned that several people downloaded the Tesla app and had a credit card on file with the app. It seems they accidentally butt-dialed the app, which resulted in several thousand dollars of unwanted butt upgrades to their Teslas. <laughs> We're allowed to say that, I think. Huh. Uh, the app was automated in such a way that reportedly with one click, the server got instructions, the data was sent over the cell network, automatically downloaded into the car, and the code was executed to add the additional software option. Often it's the $4,000 plus enhanced autopilot feature. Reportedly, no password was needed to complete the transaction. No additional labor was needed to activate the upgrade. Tesla's policy is that they don't give refunds on software. CNBC now reports that the app has been changed to require more user input before purchases go through. I guess the takeaway is to be careful about what apps you download to your phone and be careful uh, with your phone to avoid butt-dialing problems. Take care and have a great day. So <laughs> I, would, I would fact-check that, uh, Anne-Marie. I... I, I, I will. It's, uh, I, I, it sounds like it's certainly possible. I, I read that, but I don't know about the details. And it sounds like it maybe did happen, but I can't imagine Tesla they uh, saying, too bad. Uh, <laughs> you own the software. Yeah, <laughs> you own the software. But uh, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's scary. Technology is really scary. I mean, the things that can happen. Yeah. I mean, we all do things. I The other day, Nancy and I were streaming something, and uh, I, there was a glitch in my Apple TV from 
one Apple TV to the other, I ended up buying a season that I'd already bought, and uh, now I got to figure out how to unbuy it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's technology. You got to be careful. You hit the wrong button, and you yeah. cost you a lot of money. I have, I have a thing because I know you can downgrade like an update on the phone. I would imagine to be able to, they could downgrade the thing and, and refund yeah. your money. Uh, the only thing that Toyota has for that is certain updates can be done on your radio yeah. or on the Entune apps. Right. apps. But and it's a pain in the no butt because they always prompt you for these updates. Time yeah. to update, time to update. Yep. But there, there's no way to update your car yeah. right now through right. your cell phone. Right now, but down the road with this t telemetry, they'll be able to do push updates to you where it doesn't require you to go to the dealership to do that. And Toyota will just automatically do push these updates like they're doing. Right. Not, not yet. You know, I'm going to take a moment right now, um, which I forgot to do earlier in the show, and that is to uh, talk about attorney Ashley Moody. And, uh, you know, week in, week out, we expose uh, these uh, tactics that these car dealers use. And we can't do this alone. We really need you. And we need you to give attorney Ashley Moody a call and support us and change the way business is done by these unscrupulous car dealers. And you can do that by calling 850-414-3300. That is 850-414-3300. That is attorney Ashley Moody. She's supposed to protect us. She's supposed to protect us from all the scams that go on day in and day out. Mm -hmm. All right, anonymous feedback. Mr. Earl is right about the waiting game. When I first met my wife, her car was dying, and she needed a new one. So we go to the dealership to get her a good car, and I request a bid. The salesman give us a good price, but the interest rate was too high for me. So I said, I would buy the car at that price, but the interest rate raises the cost, so that's a bad value, no deal. And we left. She was very upset and says, I'll never get a car which I love saying today when she gets into one of her nice vehicles. She, so we patiently waited, and about two weeks later, the salesman calls us and says they are having a, quote, loan sale, as if there is such a thing. She bought the car the next day. The waiting game works. It's only it's the customer that was waiting this time. That's good. You'll wait them out. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, uh, psychology is uh, part of the game, and uh, they're pretty good at it. It's their game, and uh, they're pretty good at what they do. All right, we're rounding them up. We're almost done here. Um, currently driving a 2013 Highlander. Is there any way to improve radio reception? No external antenna, only rear driver's side window uh, wire pattern. Uh, near Forestville in Congress, there's no way to hear your, your show. <laughs> They're not going to hear the answer, but watch the replay on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's no way to change that. Uh, car radio antennas are subject to some really crazy interference buildings, uh, tall buildings and the like, atmospheric issues, things like that. Aluminum foil and a hanger? There's a need, <laughs> there, there, there's a need and an opportunity and somebody out there, I mean, this is the uh, information explosion. This is, uh, you know, this is, uh, we're on steroids technologically. There's somebody out there that might be a, a 10 year old kid and he's gonna come up with an answer and some manufacturer, it'll be autonomous, uh, you know, a car will have an antenna that can reach anywhere in the world, and uh, that's what it's going to happen. Well, we, we've already got our workaround. 
You just simply stream everything right through your phone, yeah. right yeah. through your Apple CarPlay. That's and probably part of the solution. Yeah, yeah. right there. Well, that is the answer. Yeah. They yeah. need to get a, just a you know a Bluetooth sort of set up in the car if they don't already have it. Yeah. 2013 sure. Highlander probably does, and use your phone. As a matter yeah. of fact, if if you're traveling, you're going to go for a long long drive. You can download radio stations and play the radio station the entire trip, and not even worry that you're yeah. 200, 300 miles away from it. That's right. Um, here's a great question, and this might round out the, uh, our audience responses. Uh, do you recommend any products sold in the F&I, in F&I or are they scams? Uh, what are fair prices, or where can I find them to compare for those products like Gap, extended warranty, life insurance, tire, wheel, et cetera? And that's from Art. And that's a great question because it's hard to compare those prices. Yeah, I, I would say, I hate to use a Google cop-out, but I would... I'd go on, uh, I'd, I'd go on uh, Google, and uh, and I do some uh, careful checking uh, about companies that do this. I, I assure you, if you look at uh, dealer review, uh, dealer reviews, if you look at product reviews, uh, you go to Consumer Reports and do your homework. But buying a product, with the dealers call them products, in the box in the finance department, is like Russian roulette. I mean, some of them are virtually worthless. Some of them are okay, some of them are values. Uh, I could give you the uh, advice on maintenance contracts. A simple way to look at maintenance uh, yeah. <clears throat> is looking at what does what do the dealers charge, or the, wherever you want to take your car for maintenance, what do they charge to do all of the factory recommended maintenance? And then see what the cost of the maintenance package is that gives you free maintenance, you pay up front. Okay, if I can pay three hundred dollars uh, over a period of three years, and my maintenance is only going to cost me two hundred dollars, it's not a good deal. If it's vice versa, then it is a good deal. Uh, same thing with gap insurance. Gap insurance is easy to shop. There are a number of insurance companies that offer that. Uh, life insurance probably easy to shop. Not too many dealers are selling life yeah, insurance. Yeah, a lot, most most of them drop that. Uh, so, uh, but uh, again, one of Earl's rule of thumbs. Don't buy anything in the finance department. Uh, and if you're going to, be sure you read carefully and be sure that you know all the ins and outs and then shop it competitively. Don't, if they tell you you have to buy it today, you can't buy it tomorrow, don't buy it. Yeah. There's nothing you should be offered to, to purchase in the finance department that shouldn't be available uh, the next day. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's finding a dealer that actually posts their prices on on the line for these for these products is extremely rare yeah. but the problem is see the if you're in Florida I know we're listening listen to all around the world in Florida and some other states they regulate the price but it doesn't regulate it between dealers so a dealer will establish a price for a warranty and he has to sell at that price no matter what in Florida but the guy down the street the same coverage could be five hundred a thousand dollars more or, or less so there's not regulation in that sense so it's very difficult to compare prices sure we're all caught up with texts and anonymous okay. feedback. Okay, well, let's get to the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, I, I want to let the audience know that uh, they, too, can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, we really appreciate hearing from you and how you feel <clears throat> each week about the Mystery Shopping Report. A lot of work put into it. That's uh, Treasure Coast Toyota, 772-497-6500. Vote. Okay, Trader Coast Toyota. We don't uh, like mystery shopping. Uh, Toyota dealerships here at Earl Stroud on Cars is a Toyota dealer, and that's uh, disclose that 
about every week, uh, I'm very sensitive to the possible impression I can give by doing this. I risk looking like I'm bashing my competition if we give a Toyota dealership a bad grade. I also risk offending uh, Toyota, the manufacturer. They are very adverse to public squabbles between competing dealers. They worry about these disagreements tarnishing the brand, and I, I could do another show on that. Uh, I don't like that policy, but that's their policy. Uh, they can punish a dealer uh, pretty severely by saying something unkind about another Toyota dealer. And I'm sure Honda and some of the other manufacturers have similar rules. Uh, despite these obstacles, we push ahead anyway, knowing that the service we're in is providing for the consumers in our listing area far outweighs the downside. Toyota has a very high share of the new car market, about 15%. Actually, they're number one in Florida and probably the southeast United States. Uh, so it's the biggest selling, uh, most popular car in the market. A lot of people are affected by the sales and advertising tactics of their local Toyota dealers, so we got to do it. Uh, I do hope that our, uh, I do hope that the trust our listeners put in me will see that these investigations for what they are, are honest assessments of the behavior of local car dealers with no ulterior motives. As a matter of fact, if I have an ulterior, an ulterior motive, it's probably to be so, to so totally honest that you'll say, hey, this guy's so honest that he's telling the truth yeah. and putting uh, Toyota dealers on the recommended list when he's a Toyota dealer. So we're, we're trying to help you, and we ha can't do it without shopping Toyota dealers. And the proof in that is our sizable recommended dealer list. I mean, yeah. we're recommending people left and right. We're not, yeah. We're great on the curve. Uh, in no way would I ever bash another car dealer to benefit my own dealership. I just don't do that kind of thing. That said, we turn our attention this week to a Toyota dealership, and that's Treasure Coast Toyota in Stewart, Florida. Treasure Coast is on our recommended list. We last investigated them in February 2019, hoping to learn more about what their online purchase process was. What we discovered were old-school tactics that were a far cry from real online buying. However, everything in our investigator in, uh, experience fell within the normal range of South Florida car dealer behavior. And since we trade on a curve, grade I mean on a curve, Treasure Coast Toyota received a passing grade. So they're there. They're on the recommended list. I also have to disclose to the listeners that I've been friends with the owner, Sandy Woods, for many years. I mean, we're not close friends. I, I've been to his office. I've talked to him on the phone many times. Uh, tried to buy his dealership one time, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I consider him to be an honest person, and he's a very, very good businessman. Uh, as I've said before about owners, I know a lot of dealership owners, but owners are not on site, they're not hands-on. Most of them are very wealthy people that have multiple dealerships, and they have people that manage their dealership. His daughter, Amber, um, you know, uh, um, operates more, more hands-on. Uh, yeah, She's but I believe even Amber has a GM, uh, GM underneath a general manager yeah. that really does the hands-on stuff. Um, recently, Treasure Coast has been on a sort of sales volume roller coaster. We know there have been some significant changes in the senior management. After the departure of the general manager not too long ago, we noticed a change in their advertising, becoming cleaner and more straightforward. In the last few weeks, we've seen a rise and their sales rate, a sharp rise, uh, we are curious as to if the improvement in image is correlating to the improvement in sales. What, 
What about the in-store experience? How would a showroom visit today compare with the last report on record? If they did improve their sales process and offer a better experience, uh, we'd have more evidence that doing it the right way is a better way for business. Essentially, the main message of this show. To answer our questions, we sent in Agent Lightning, our female uh, shopper, Mr. Shopper. Here's a report. I'll speak in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. Adam, uh, the maskless salesman, <laughs> was standing behind my car and waiting for me to, to greet me as I climbed out. And I, I won't do another rant, but uh, you'll see as this uh, mystery shop progresses, nobody's wearing masks at Treasure Coast Toyota. And come to find out that apparently no one's wearing masks uh, at other retail establishments or car dealerships in Martin County. Martin County has gone from, we recommend you wear a mask to, but you don't really have to. And they, no, no, they went from, you have to, to, it might be a nice idea. Yeah, you have to, yeah. Yes. yeah. I said they recommend it, and, and, but um, they don't say you have to do it, and so nobody's doing it, apparently. Uh, before I could even uh, take in my surroundings, I was already bombarded with questions from Adam. Uh, what was I looking for? Would I need an appraisal of my car, etc.? I cut him off, said that I wanted to be completely transparent with him, and that I expected the same in return. I said I was planning to purchase a new 2020 Camry LE by the end of the month. Adam interrupted to ask why I wasn't buying today. That's a little sign of aggression when you interrupt your customer yeah. and ask them why they don't buy today. I replied that I would be visiting two more dealerships before making my final decision. Sound familiar? Sounds like... Our advice. <laughs> yes. Earl Stewart Toyota and Beth Smith Toyota. Oh, okay. So I'm telling uh, Adam, the massless salesman, that I'm going to check with Earl Stewart Toyota and Beth Smith Toyota. Adam immediately sought to discredit Earl Stewart Toyota. Isn't this something? How could anyone discredit Earl Stewart Toyota? Just joking. Survival. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but I, I'm speaking as if I'm Adam, the Treasure Coast salesman. I don't usually do this, but I feel compelled to warn you that Earl Stewart hides all his fees in the price of his vehicles, even though he claims not to have any hidden fees. And of course, we've heard this uh, multiple Isn't times. Isn't that where they belong? <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, it, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time because it's actually is actually uh, confusing enough to overcome the objection. And uh, that's the reason a lot of dealers have used that, is dealers are not stupid, and uh, their sales tactics and advertising is, is, is studied carefully. And I guarantee you, in the sales meeting, this is the training session, all right, what do I do? You know, we got this big uh, hidden fee that we're slapping on the customers, and uh, Mr. Sales Manager, I'm a Treasure Coast uh, salesman, what do I say? And Earl Stewart, is, it, uh, he doesn't have any hidden fees. What am I supposed to say? And here it is. Here's what you say. Say, Earl Stewart does have hidden fees, and where he hides them, this is very clever, he's hiding them in the price of the car. <laughs> and and, and they, a lot of them just go, oh. And if someone says, but isn't, aren't you supposed to have all your costs in the car? Shut up, Charlie. I'm telling you what to say. It's, it sounds good. It's a good it sound. It sounds effect. good. Okay. Anyway, I didn't want to digress too much. I didn't respond. There's Agent Lightning. I didn't respond. 
Adam proceeded to sell the dealership by explaining how important Treasure Coast customers were and their goal is to keep them coming back. He said that's the reason all their cars come with a lifetime warranty uh, for the original owner. Uh, and in the course of this dialogue, uh, the lifetime warranty is mentioned, and uh, in case I forget to get to it at the end, the lifetime warranty is a powertrain warranty. Uh, it is totally worthless. Uh, it is uh, free, and uh, you get what you pay for. Powertrain warranties are worth not worth the paper they're printed on. He said that the owner's daughter, Amber Woods, just spent $22 million on a new facility for their customers. He began to walk to the door and asked me to join him on a tour. I didn't want a tour, and I was annoyed by his presumption that I did. I didn't object, and I followed him. After our 20 or so minute stroll to the dealership, Adam led me to his desk and asked more questions, name, contact information, three color choices for the Camry. I said I would only consider white. He left to get the keys to the white Camry, turned, and led me to the vehicle. Uh, it was a 2020 L8, like I'd requested. It had an MSRP of 26697 It also had an addendum, Phony Monroney. Here we go. $1,600 in worthless add-on products. Pre-installed. I can't take it off. There's some new stuff here. I've never seen this before. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, it's good because uh, it isn't something uh, that you would be aware of because it's new. Uh, the extra $1,600 was, well, we heard of nitrogen, uh, $399 for nitrogen. For life. Uh, for life, yeah. Uh, 399 door cups for life, I that's new. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? I, I'm, I don't know. I'm okay. thinking that they're cup holders or something, <laughs> and that, that if you lose one. At the end of the three years, we don't come out and snatch your car, your cup holders on your car. We'll leave the cup holders right. now the that you're paying for, and for as long as you own the car. Yes. Yeah, so then there's, there's 399 for storage guards. And we won't strip them off the car. Right. Do they fall off a lot, Rick? Storage guards? No. No. Okay. Yeah. And 399 for carpet mats. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's uh, $1,600. It's probably got an actual value of around 250 And uh, yeah. that's... Oh. Yeah, door cups are those things that go behind the door handle. So when you're reaching in to open your door handle, your rings don't scratch the paint behind the door uh, handle. Oh, there you Lifetime. go. <laughs> and they're for life. Okay. Uh, Adam went over the car, focusing exclusively on uh, uh, safety features. We took the car for a short test drive went back inside, he left me alone at the desk for 10 minutes, uh, then returned with a worksheet. Remember, these worksheets are not legal documents, it says so in the fine print. So they don't have to tell you everything on the worksheet. If they leave it off the worksheet, it's not against the law. You don't sign the legal stuff until you've already signed in and committed to buy the car, and that's when you're in the box of the finance department. Okay, the top line was the inflated market value selling price, 28297 he showed me a $2,769 discount, which made the adjusted price $25,528. Then he added $286 in taxable fees, those are bogus hidden fees, and a $898 dock, which is a, another hidden dealer fee. Dealer dock. Dealer dock. I was picturing I a like doctor. A dealer dock. Yeah. I picture a guy, you know, with a, uh, like a, like, with like a reflector on yeah, his forehead. Exactly. Next came sales tax <laughs> at $464 in non-tax fees. Those are okay, sales tax, license plate. The out-the-door price with all fees and taxes was 28804 While Adam was reviewing the numbers, his manager, also matchless, 
Bobby, Bobby was the manager. Bobby was there to close the deal. He pressured me to take the car now. He said if I want other quotes from Earl Stewart and Beth Smith, I should call them now. He said there was no way either it would beat the price, and I would save a lot of time by not making two trips. No way anybody can beat my price. I asked what he would do if the other dealers came in lower. Bobby said, can't happen. Not going to happen. However, hedging on his statement, he said, if, well, you know, if someone does show me a lower price, we'll beat it. Very high pressure. And then he said, you know what? I'll be right back. <laughs> You're going to hang on to your heads, folks. I'll be right back. Bobby left me with Adam then returned a few minutes later with what he called an even sweeter deal. Very sweet. <laughs> he explained that because uh, they were having a good day and had sold vehicles for higher than normal profits. They were able to take advantage yeah, of... They ripped off some other people to give yeah, you a good deal. They had, they had a kid and a little old lady and someone that didn't speak English. And they were able to really make a big profit on them. So we made so much profit on these other uh, victims that we're going to give some of that profit back to you in a super discount. That's probably the only honest thing he said. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is true. I mean, sadly, it's honest. He could afford to do something crazy for me. He also said he needed to get rid of his 2020 Camrys and that he was able to find some other rebates for me. He had a new worksheet. The top line market value selling price was the same, 28297 But this one showed an 8000 Holy mackerel. He went from 20 something, what it was before yeah, 20. Yeah, I mean, instead of 20 some on 100, an $8,000 discount and a 20297 adjusted price. The same fees were added, making the new out the door price $23,254. That's about $5,000 less than the first price. Mm -hmm. The one that he said nobody could beat. Nobody could beat the price that was $5,000 higher. Right. Uh, <laughs> Bobby he, pointed out, he doesn't see that. Just <laughs> Bobby pointed out the Northern Toyota dealership would be giving me a four-year free maintenance and roadside assistance plus a free lifetime warranty. Well, not, not true. And that's not true. It, Everybody it, it, had to, Well, you get two years free anyway, but this car had Toyo Guard on it, which yeah. gives you two more. And, and most for all, for and, $699. And almost all Toyotas have Toyo Guard on them uh, pre-installed by the Toyota dealer. And so that is for free, uh, four years free maintenance. And then the... Uh, um, maybe he meant the, is, uh, maybe he meant the combination. No one does the combination of all of those things. Anyway, but I don't believe that. Uh, he pressured me more. Look at this amazing deal. What do I have to do to get you to buy it today? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Adam stared at me. Bobby stared at me. I conceded that the second deal looked good, but I need to go and talk with my husband. Bobby said I should take Carl to show him. Take the car. Show it to hubby. I said he was working. Bobby said then we should take it to his work. Yeah, go to the workplace. I said, I can't interrupt him at work. High, high pressure. Bobby kept pushing me to take the car home. No obligation to buy. Here, here are the keys. Take the car home. Take the car home. I kept refusing and eventually stood up and thanked them for their time. As I walked out, I asked an employee why almost no one was wearing a mask and if they took the situation seriously. He told me that Martin County's mask mandate had expired. It's not just recommended. And uh, that's very sad. I did a rant earlier in the show. I think that's despicable. We have a few minutes for, an, for another rant. Another if you rant, want. yeah. Um, epilogue. Treasure Coast's new clean image belies a high-pressure game-playing show of reality. Agent Lightning felt uncomfortable, pressured from the, the moment she parked her car. The first deal presented was not very good at all. About $5,000 higher 
than a good deal for this vehicle. Five thousand. Think about it. It would represent a profit of uh, well, four hundred nine, four thousand nine hundred. Almost. I'm, a, I'm a little off on that, yeah, yeah. but uh, the Tre- profit's right. Yeah, tre- Treasure Coast, Toyota, and probably a thousand dollar commission for Adam. Twenty-five percent. That's about right. Uh, the second deal is obviously much better. It would represent a very small profit, maybe even a hundred dollars. Uh, now, we don't know that that really will be the final price because you haven't seen anything but a worksheet which in the fine print says this is not a legal document. You will go into the finance department, it's mandatory, and there could be some more hidden fees added. But uh, we can say this, it's uh, about $5,000 less. Uh, Very unusual uh, to see that sort of a fast drop in price. And uh, uh, it does explain to us why the sales have gone up considerably. It also, and I'm glad I do have a little bit of time here, because it, it draws me to one of the saddest, worst things about the way cars are sold today. And this Treasure Coast shop is in spades. It's, it's a, uh, a perfect example. You can't trust the advertised prices. You can't trust the salespeople. And when you go in there, they're going to try to make as much money on each customer that comes in if they can. And so when they, this customer came in, Agent Lightning, walked in, they, they went for the jugular, we call it, in the car business. They tried for the slam dunk. They wanted to make a $5,000 profit, uh, and, they, and they did everything they could to pressure her into making the decision today, tonight, take the car home, take it to your husband's office, Buy the car today, because when you buy the car today, and if you follow her along cars, you know you never buy the car today. You take a long time to study and shop and compare prices. Yeah. Uh, but if you do, then you pay $5,000 profit. And then they knew that when they weren't going to sell the car today, the truth would come out, so they had to drop the price to, we think it was a very good price. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do that. so. Two people buying that same car from that same dealership, Treasure Coast Toyota, one would pay a $5,000 higher profit than the other person. And that's just not right. Yeah. And that's what happens in not just Treasure Coast, but a lot of car dealerships all over the country. I also didn't like how, ju- justifying the saying something, I found some other rebates. He didn't find rebates. There's no, it's not, this ain't in Ableton. Yeah. There's no realtor rebate or farmer rebate. Exactly. There's one cash incentive. It's all dealer profit. He knows what it is. He didn't uncover thing, something. Uh, the only thing he did is I got to cut my profit yeah. because they're going home and I'll never see them again. By the way, those door cups, I found them on Amazon by 3M, which is a top quality brand, less than $20. Yeah. So, folks, uh, now I, I, do we still have a little bit of time? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go back and do the rant. I just want to alert uh, Martin County and people in that area. If you're going to buy a car, come south or maybe go north. I don't know what's going on farther north, but uh, you're closer to come south because we've been shopping a lot of dealers in Palm Beach County, and almost without exception, the dealers in Palm Beach County are wearing masks. Yep. Receptionists, the salesmen, the sales managers. If you want a safe experience in the service of drive, you'll find the service advisors, the technicians. In Palm Beach County, the dealers are wearing masks. 
If you want to buy a Chevrolet, if you want to buy a Cadillac, you want to buy any make car, and you live in Martin County, and, you're, and you fear for your safety of the COVID-19, don't buy it from a Martin County dealer. Or service it. Or service if it. If a porter pulls up in your car, he's breathing in your yeah. car without a mask on, you're going to yeah. get in it. Now, when they hear that, uh, and when they people talk to them, and when you go into one, if you if you walk into a dealership, and you, or a, whether it's a grocery store, or a shoe store, or a car dealership, you say to them, put your damn mask on, or you'll never see me again. You need to put the pressure on these retailers. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know what it is. But it should be made illegal to do that, and uh, shame it, it was. the Martin County Commission. It was illegal. Now it's, yeah. now it's legal. Yeah. We have some grades. Linda gives them a big fat F. Uh, Mark uh, gives them an F with three minuses. And um, this is a tough one. Uh, uh, I'm going to pass them again because it was uh, par for the course, but they get a D from me. And we've got Tim Gilliland, D minus. Mark Anderson, D. Donovan Lewis, F. Kit Kat, F. Ernesto, F. We got to take. We got to give some weight to our to our <laughs> listeners, and we tend we overrule them a lot. I know how I feel. I know how you feel, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, Nancy. Uh, I'm going to call uh, <coughs> Ashley Moody. I want her to vote on this mystery shopper mm. report. Scams, scams, scams. This is what we're talking about. This is the reason I'm asking you to call the Attorney General Ashley Moody, eight five zero. 414-3300. Give her a call. Let her know about all these scams. Okay, we can and we got my grade is a D. D. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy you. Go with a D. I'm, I'm disappointed in a lot of things, but uh, you have to uh, grade on the curve, and we'll keep them on the recommended list. Uh, but I recommend that you don't buy a car from any Martin County dealer as long as the salespeople and the personnel don't wear right. face masks. Absolutely. And, uh, but barring that, if you're gonna go there, just just. Just play the waiting game. Wait uh, 10 minutes and you'll get a better deal. <laughs> exactly. And from YouTube, we've got three more Fs and my own. I would give them a D minus. Yeah. So you're keeping them on the good dealer Reluctantly. List. Reluctantly. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them an asterisk. Very reluctant. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate your company as always and uh, have a wonderful weekend and a safe weekend and don't forget wear those masks <laughs>